catchy. I want to sing along every time I hear it. There's okay. no words. There's I got a, I got a bunch of stuff. There's no words. Yeah, that's hard, my kind of song. Hard, hard to sing along. La 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 la. Hi, it's Jan and Arlene Dickinson, and uh, this is the business of life. Wait, did we get married? It's Jan and Arlene Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're married. Hold the fort, everybody. <laughs> hey, you know what? Thank God we're in a country where we could get married we if could. we wanted to. Thank God, you're right. And you know what? You would be a catch, Arlene. I would be mm-hmm. so lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you were so inclined. But mm-hmm. anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about today. One thing that I do want to talk about, and I know we've talked about food many, many times, veganism, vegetarianism, how we've changed diets. We talked about fasting a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, intermittent fasting. Did um, you try it? I haven't tried it oh, yet. I didn't want to lie and say I had. You would. I know I haven't yet. Uh, but um, Michael J. Fox, his wife Tracy Paul, and they've been married, gosh, twenty five, going yep. on thirty years. They're yep. they're a really solid, solid Hollywood couple. Anyway, she recently came out with a uh, cookbook. Yep. And it's a, it's a plant based cookbook. Mm-hmm. But Tracy and her mom, who I think had something to do with putting this book together, call themselves drum roll everybody flexitarians. Come on. But I There's like a name it. for everything, flexitarians. Why not just that's how I eat? Why do you need a name? Why do we need a label for everything? I found it helpful. Oh, whatever. You know what? <laughs> okay, here. Anne Hathaway. Did you read what she said about mm-hmm. ve- veganism? I always say it. Is it vegan, yeah. vegan, veganism? Vegan, veganism. Veganism. She's, she was actually saying that her it was bad for her and that the first time she ate a piece of fish, she felt like her brain had woken up out of a deep sleep and was recharged and ready to go. She tried veganism, found that it was not giving her the energy and all the stuff she wanted. And then when she ate this piece of fish one day, her brain woke up. I applaud her. I think you should absolutely do whatever feels right to you. And I don't uh, I don't behoove her that. But I think for someone who does have dietary restrictions, whether you're going to a dinner party uh, with friends, you know, now my friends kind of worry when I come over. Like my friend Teresa said to me a couple weeks ago, you know, we're, we're having a dinner. She has a new grandbaby. Uh, what what can I make for you? And I said, you make whatever you're making for everybody else. You know, do you do you vegetables in a salad? She's like, oh, yeah. I said, just... Don't put dressing on it. I'll be there. I'll, it's fine. But I also want people to know that I do break the rules, that I do have that contingency plan in my mind where, yeah, I'm going to eat a little bit of butter. I probably might eat a little bit of fish. I don't do the big mammals. Yep. And I'm not going to talk about this ad nauseum. We're going to move on. But flexitarian to me just means that I am flexible. I do have a plant-based diet, but I totally agree with Anne Hathaway. Do what makes you feel good. What makes you feel good ethically? What makes you feel good as far as food? I think people get caught up with trends, right? Yeah, and they, we also get caught up with labels. You know, so it's great that people are creating names for whatever it is that it's they want. Cute. It is kind of cute. Um, but I, I actually posted on uh, my Instagram feed the other day, Natamu ice cream. Well, it's <gasps> actually not. It's not an ice cream. See, sir, let me. Natamu frozen dairy. Frozen. Dairy-free. <laughs> oh, dessert. my God. I can't see it. Frozen no. dairy-free dessert. And it's it is uh, it's Natamu, N-A-D-A-M-O-O. Yeah. And they, honestly, Jan, you would never not know. It is 100% plant-based. It is non-GMO. It is everything that, you know, you look for in a, in something that is, you know, ethically made and mm-hmm. tastes delicious. It is, it is, it's fantastic. Like, I'm sorry. It, like, beats Halo Top by a million miles. Love that. Yeah. No, Try I, it. 
I, I also invested in it, so this is a paid advertisement. <laughs> advertisement. I can't speak today. I can't say my words. I think you're fine. No. I think you're I, like most of the other people on the planet. I No, I can't form my vowels properly. Listen, whenever I stumble speaking, I get worried right away because of my mom's Alzheimer's. Whenever I struggle to recall a person's name that I know very well, um, even if it's for, feels like a million hours in my mind, but even if it's for a half of a 1,000, even if it's just a beat, when I mm. don't know their name right away, I always like, oh no. Do you think no. about that? Is it hereditary? I think um, there's research that does lend itself to that. I know that there's some genetic testing that they do, um, and I've been asked before if I've considered it, looking in the, the DNA, whether you have the marker for Alzheimer's. And I think a lot of people that have got it in their family have gone and got the testing. But what do you do with that? What do you do with the information? I um, Yeah, we talked about I that have, before. I, I, I don't want to get tested. And just with my experience, my mom only knew she was in trouble for about three months. Oh, I'm forgetting things. I couldn't find my car at the mall. And then it went away. She didn't know. She never knew she was sick. It's funny. We would talk about other old ladies that had Alzheimer's. Mom would talk about that. Well, she doesn't even know her own name like she would she still thought she was completely fine it was amazing to me how adaptive her thinking was that she just her brain kept telling her she was okay and uh, to act as normal as possible well but you know that maybe that is the blessing in and of itself of alzheimer's if there is such a thing as a blessing of it which is they aren't aware right they they don't know and and so i get i don't know like i hate to i hate to even frame it that way but i cuz i think it's just such a horrible um thought to be able to lose your mind but i i do think it is least helpful that they don't know themselves they i had a friend tell me that you you if you know you're forgetting things then you don't have alzheimer's it's when you don't know that you're forgetting things good point right very good so you see that's true well you see my quandary though is is, you know you're realizing that you're struggling to to find that word or to find the name of the person but anyways i have no desire to get testing i don't know if you would i have no desire to say you have uh, a marker for alzheimer's it's possible that you could get it um no interest in it Um, i'll just go along i'll take my chances and see what happens yeah anyway speaking of alzheimer's and dementia donald trump (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, here we go what a great here we segue go. he's got like 60 million people following him on twitter yeah which is 30 million are bots probably uh, uh, explain bots. that to me explain the bot thing i've never uh, i think our listeners want to know what that is i don't know what that is what does that mean i think it's um they're server farms they're servers that create like false identities of and they uh, they do it in mass production yes and then they <gasps> they they follow and they send out um, tweets or social um, posts that have the content that the person who's behind the server farm wants them to say. So it's not a real person; it's a okay. machine, and it's some. But behind every machine is somebody programming it to say and do certain things. Well, Barack Obama. I think that's right. Yeah, I, I totally sound get it. sounded very smart. Uh, Obama has a hundred and six million, over a hundred and six million. Yeah. So uh, the the man that is not the president of the yep. United States almost doubles that. Um. Anyway, Trump has recently gone off on the Twitter corporation saying that they are very biased and that, you know, they treat Democrats better than Republicans. And he's just, I mean, the guy is tweeting, I think the other day, uh, well, a few weeks ago, I'm not completely sure when this is going to air. He tweeted 60 times in the course of a day. 
and it was all retweets and gibberish and and hurling insults at people. And I'm just wondering what you think about how much value and stock people are putting into political tweets. You know, you know, listen, I, I think I think what's interesting about all of this is that it's frightening to think that there are people that believe what he is saying to be true and we have when we when when it has been proven time and time again that he is lying. And so I, I worry more about the state of what I would, you know, of critical thinking, of people's ability to hear things that they know aren't true. or But, you know, because of the president has said it, it has to be true. They just automatically believe because they want to believe, because his opinion reflects their own opinion. I mean, isn't there's a saying for, there's a word for that where you seek out other people who are like-minded. Are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think in Trump's case, as in any, you know, really fanatical um, arena, whether it's far right, far left, you you have people who follow you who think like you and who want to believe you. And so I, I it is astounding to me, though, having said all that, that he has proven time and time and time and time again to have lied. Not, you know, like not not maybe lied. No, it's not. Oh, it's a slip of the tongue or, you know, like it's a shade of gray. No, Right, right out and out lies, and yet people still believe him because of the position he has, and because they want to believe him, and that frightens me. So whether there's, you know, I mean, listen, the interference in the political campaigns that's going on, there is a deep obligation by the social media companies to ensure that doesn't happen. These companies are not public broadcasters; they're not, you know, they're well. Let, let forget, put that even that aside. They're they're public companies that make profit and they you know they don't have to put anything on their sites that they don't want to and yet they act like they're the holy grail that they have to make it free speech to everybody and that they're going to shut down all the bad folks and then they let him say whatever he wants he has said horrific things like horrific demeaning horrible things to people and i'm of the belief that if you don't agree with somebody you can still say something to negate what they're saying without being a total jerk. Without going to physical, you know, talking about their physicality, whether it be weight or their appearance, which he's been known to do over and over again. Um, he, he goes off about he can't believe that Obama has more Twitter followers than him, so he's almost like a petulant four-year-old child. He also, you know, says that he has more Twitter followers than, than Twitter is allowing him to have. Like he thinks that, you know, the 60 million is very low that he's not being credited with is it's, it's it's like his whole thing when he did you know when, when the inauguration he, you know talking about i was the largest group of people that were ever assembled you know on united states soil and, and the photographs show us that that is like when you're talking about lies it's just an absolute untruth um some of his speeches uh, they go on to say that he has 30 or 40 or 50 false tales happening in that amount of time in a 40-minute speech he can say 35 things that are untrue like it's really unbelievable what's going on um he goes on to say trump goes on to say that he is better at twitter than obama i guess there's so much there's so much happening all around us and we don't know what's real we don't know what's not we believe what we want to believe um people are are, are everybody's like turning against each other it's very become very tribal i was thinking you know about how 
if I went back in my Twitter feed, I've been on Twitter quite a while, and if I went back several years, I probably would not be happy with what the things I said and how I said them because to me back then it was more of a fun platform. I didn't really think it was inappropriate or wrong to kind of poke fun at people or say things. And then it just has become increasingly more and more serious to me about how important it is not to be you can take a stance, you can say what you want to say, but you don't need to make somebody else look, you know, say horrible things about them. There are some of the people I know quite well on Twitter who I am mortified with the language, with the things they say. They call people morons. They call people... It's a weird rhetoric. It's, it's horrible. It's like it's not meaningful. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't... It's an unintelligent debate. Here's been my biggest uh, Twitter foible as of late. Um... Not too long ago, I wrote down people should use their full names on here. No, sorry, their real names on here, full stop. Oh, um, yeah, it was I one bet. of those things I got, you know, hundreds of comments, uh, a lot of vitriol, a lot of, you know, you fat, ugly, C-word person. Um, I thought that I liked you. You don't understand. I got a lot of... Uh, Women, especially coming forward and telling me that they had they used to use their real name on Twitter, but because of the stalking, the sexual nature of the insults that they were getting, the I mean, it went on and on. The threats that they were getting politically, if they if they wrote something about whether they were this party or that party, and and the people that disagreed with them came at mm-hmm. them with such such hatred and loathing, and mm-hmm. calling them names and threatening their family. And I know where you live. That you know, people just said that's why I call myself Cat Nine One Seven Nine Nine Four. I don't use my name anymore. Um, the advantage that they have over me, though, when I make these statements, is that. They know who I am. When I say things, when when Arlene Dickinson says things, you have a name. You don't have a handle. That's banana one two three four. So we take responsibility for what we're saying, which goes back to exactly what you just stated. If you were to look at your Twitter feed two two years ago, it'd be much different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did come around to the thinking of: Is anonymity um, a positive thing with social media? I feel like it's a double-edged sword, you know, because mm-hmm. people can throw insults at you and have no claim to them at all, Arlene. Yeah. They can say outlandish, hurtful things. So do we have to look at social media and do people need to to actually have an authentic, you know, we all have to have a blue check mark. We have to be authenticated. You and I are. Yeah, but, y- but millions of people that have no... They, they they don't have to be held responsible to anything they say. They can make death threats and then just get rid of their... I don't think it's policed enough. I don't. It's not policed enough. And again, it's not like it's... Um, it's not like it's a newspaper that's got a... Well, there's a whole debate on whether or not, you know, what the standard should be for social media. And I think this is something that's important. But I can tell you, Jan, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but... When I say anything even remotely political, and and I can say, uh, it could just be an opinion. You know, I don't think we should cut libraries uh, budgets I, I, by fifty percent. You know, I was in response to your 
um, tweet. Um, or I, if I can, if I talk about the fact that uh, you know the the funding for um, schools for for education for autistic children is being cut. If I say anything, and I I can try to to craft my tweet as carefully and as legitimately in terms of my opinion coming through as I want, and I will get accused of either being a liberal fanatic, a conservative lover, a NDP tree hugger, or sorry, a, so, a Green Party tree <laughs> hugger, an NDP socialist. I, I mean, I get yeah. every single... And, and nobody, you know, hate people, you actually don't know what party I affiliate with. It, and in fact, I don't affiliate with a party. I, I am very much about making sure that I believe in great policy and I'm taking care of vulnerable and, and underserved Canadians. Those are the two kind of good economic policy and taking care of the underserved and, and mm-hmm. underprivileged in our, our society. And sometimes that comes from any, you know, that can come from any party. But, you know, if I, if I, sometimes I lean liberal, sometimes I leave, lean conservative. Depending on policy. And, and, and I think I should have a right to an opinion on all of it. And when I see whoever is in charge, even, even if I voted conservative and I saw the conservative party doing something stupid, I would say something about it, even if I am a conservative. Like, what on earth makes us feel that simply because we vote for a party that we shouldn't not call them out when and they're doing something? Un- yeah, and they're not accountable, and that is the whole point. And everybody sitting there right now in Ontario in particular, and it's about to happen in Alberta, where we have voted in um, conservative leaders who have said that they are not in Ontario. Doug Ford was on record saying that there will be nobody losing their job in this province once he becomes premier. In Alberta, we are talking a lot about the um, issues with the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. and what's going on with kids in classrooms and their safety as it relates to their parents understanding what's going on with them in terms of the, um, the groups that they get together with. And I think there should be a website where every single promise that a politician makes in order to get elected is put up, and when they go against it, there should be some form of reckoning. They either have to pay a fine, they have to, you know, take a month off their term, they have to, you know, they have to, ha- they have to parade down the street naked. I don't care what they have Please to do. Please don't make them do that. But they have to do something where they actually say to the people, "I lied to you." I did not mean what I said. I only said that to get elected or I thought I could do this and here's why I didn't. And I am sorry. I, I owe you an apology and I'm going to do something different. Mr. Kenny's speech was, I'm not going to just build one pipeline. I'm going to build two. Yeah, of course. Well, so, and, and if he's going to build two, then so was Rachel Notley because she laid, you know, like whoever. I mean, everybody I, has a role right. to play there here. Is no, there is no accountability. It is saying things for the sake of um, winning votes, winning people over. You know, we we are going to be in trouble um, in Alberta, and and like I said too, um, and we have been in trouble. I'm not saying that, and the problems are very complicated, but um, the rose-colored glasses will come off. I mean, I can only imagine the water cooler conversations that are going to be happening ten months from now, twelve months from now, when people realize that all the things that were said are not going to be happening quite the way they thought they would be. You know, we were just talking about the premiers in Ontario and Alberta, and we could be talking about the premiers in any country, in any province. We could be talking about our prime minister and, and the challenges that are going on there right now. 
Um, no politician is going to uh, be perfect. No politician is going to represent every Canadian, no matter how hard they try. And the bell and the idea of budgets and where money is going is important. We need to make sure that we are responsible with our money. But when we start cutting programs that affect special needs children, that affect seniors, um, that affect LGBTQ, that affect libraries, that affect education and the access to information, that affect um, healthcare in general. These are things, these are fundamental things that Canadians believe in. And I don't care what party you represent. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. If your child ever gets sick, if they ever need attention in a school, if you need help when you're in another country traveling and your insurance isn't valid anymore because you're you're no longer, you know, you you left the country um, for, for a trip. If you have any any need for, as a senior, to get, you know, increased uh, ability to live with dignity in your later years. All of these things, if that stops mattering to us as a country, as Canadians, what is wrong with us? And if that's where we're turning into, which is very much like the U.S. right now, which is, it's all about me, it's all about what I need, it's all about, you know, who cares about people. There was, a, there was I've got to say one thing, and then I'll stop, and no, I'm no, going to no. rant. There, there was a there was a cut in Ontario on the breakfast programs for children. Okay, uh, I can't remember how many thousands of children are fed how on a lovely. daily business. Right. So these children are not going to get their breakfast anymore. And people were saying on their feeds on in, in response to this news, people were saying, "Well, the parents should be feeding those kids anyhow. They had them. They should take care of them." It's their issue. It is not my issue with my tax dollars. I don't care. This is with the parents. Now, I'm sorry. I, those children didn't ask to be born, didn't ask to be raised in that circumstance, didn't ask to not have breakfast. They've been sent off to school hungry, no ability to learn. They're, they're already dysfunctionally in a, in a home that's dysfunctional. Yeah. There's obviously issues. And we're going to sit here and judge them and not help them? Because why? Because their parents who aren't taking care of them should or maybe can't take care of them. We like, are I just responsible think to each other. We are responsible to each we other. Are. We need to care for each other. You know, it is it is appalling and to see these sweeping changes that come that I think for the most part people see and I can see tears in your eyes just speaking. It just makes about me that. mad. It makes you mad and sad, but um, to see those kinds of decisions made, and people somehow feel like they're faceless. They don't picture mm-hmm. these children. I would challenge anybody to, you know, meet a group of six-year-old kids and look at these hungry little faces, you know, that probably have crappy hygiene and their hair hasn't been combed and they're wearing clothes that probably haven't been washed for two weeks and they're coming from tough situations, a lot of fighting. Imagine the the anxiety and the fear and the things that these kids are facing already. So to go to school is a bit of a haven. It's a bit of a reprieve in a difficult home life. Mm-hmm. And just to go hungry, it, you know, this is this is Canada. It, it's, it's, it's unthinkable. Um, I pay a lot of taxes. I work hard. I, I, I'm glad I have a tax problem. I, I'm grateful. I'm so happy to pay my way here, Arlene. I'm happy to pay my way because I still believe it's one of the greatest countries in the world. But, you know, the thought of any of my money going to help those kids makes my heart shine. Mm -hmm. It's why I work hard. It's why I want to have the kind of government that does represent marginalized people, people that 
you know, people that these decisions affect more than anybody else. These aren't for you, the guy that's, you know, standing on a street corner, you know, hailing a cab, going to his job. These are for people that have no voice. Children have no voice. They can't represent themselves. Yeah. We, it's up to us as a community to look after each other. And I mean the very old and the very young. Yeah, and the people that can't take care of themselves. They and can't take care of themselves. I, I agree. And, you know, the northern communities, when you read about the water problems, when you read about the oh, lack horrendous. of available food. And, and you know what, the comment to that is going to be, oh, you know. Well, we, move we, them down here. We, move them down here. Or we've given the Indigenous people so much. I'm sorry, we've taken away more than we can ever imagine. So we need to, again... You're listening to my political views here. You don't have to agree with them. It's okay if you have your own opinion. It is fine that you don't think that what I'm saying or Jan is saying um, is wrong or right. But what's not fine is standing by and just pushing back and saying you're an idiot because you think that way versus let's have a conversation about how I feel and what you feel, Jan, as an example, mm-hmm. and finding a solution forward together that is tolerant and understanding of each other's opinions and views without calling each other names and being um, horrific, horrific Well, people. getting back to the anonymity of social media, people that just have handles, um, own your words. If you're going to be an armchair critic, put your name on things. Um, People say, yeah, well, I'm going to get attacked and I'm going to get this and that and the other thing. Well, we have to create an environment where that is not the case. And we're all responsible for those things. I have said things that I deeply regret on social media. I've said things if I went back through my Twitter feed, uh, and I've said that. Mm -hmm. I've... You know, said things. We all have. And and I do. And, you know, I do have like a 10-second rule now when I type something. And I do this, and I'm not exaggerating, 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple days ago, I, I, I wrote down, I'm, I wrote down, man, I'm glad I don't say everything that I think. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad. And I had so many people say, oh, my gosh, I love that. And I, too, have created like a 10 or 15-second rule for myself when I get this piece of anger out or get, you know, blurt out this agenda. And then I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, do I have enough time to commit to social media today to defend myself, to get my armor on, to thicken up my skin and to, you know, just say to people. But I'm the first person, like, even when I wrote about I think people should use their real names on here, you know, 10 hours later, I wrote, it was a retraction of sorts. I said, listen, I have now read 400 comments um, from people from all walks of life, grandmothers in, you know, Whitehorse, people in Ontario, people in the Maritimes that have talked about, you know, expressing political views and being so violently um, chastised that they don't use their own names. And I just said, I get it. I get you wanting to protect your jobs. Like a lot, I had countless people say, if my boss read my political views, I would lose my job. And I'm thinking, <laughs> That can't even be constitutional on any level. It's not, but I understand that if you're in a if you're in a job where your whole livelihood depends on well, everybody who has a job yeah, needs yeah, yeah. to keep their job. So I mean, I I get that. Like I, I it's horrible to think, but, but I did it's retract true. it. I mean, it's I true. blurted that out, and then I just said, no, I, you know, I get it, and I'm sorry, and I said that on social media. Good for you. I'm sorry that that. Well, you learned happened. something. I you did were listening. Learn. You were listening. I mean, you said your opinion, and then people, you know, responded to you, and you listened, and. I think wouldn't we all be better off if we just listened a little more? I mean, we do not need to be right. Nobody is right all the time. Nobody. I make, I get up 
the first I make I make a mistake sometimes before I even get out of bed because I'll sit in bed deciding whether I'm going to work out or not and I'll say no I'm not going to I've already made a mistake for the day and I haven't even got my feet on the floor so I mean there's you know, there's mistakes being made constantly speaking of mistakes and on to a lighter topic yeah beards let's talk about beards okay I'm not a fan you're not a fan. No, but I, I there's a glint in your eye. There's something going on with you. Well, there's like it, I wish I could grow a beard. Okay, I Jesus, please do not give me any more facial there's hair. There's a than chin I said. hair. No, there. but I'm just saying like I've got a little bit of a neck issue. As I get older, my neck disappears a little bit more and more each each year, which is fine. I'm glad to be alive. But men can like cut lines into their facial hair and like make jaw lines. They can grow hair over their little jiggly bits. They can they can hide crap with their beards. I've had it, and I know our producer has a bit of a beard, but you know, um, and it looks nice. But you, you, but you, he can cut this jawline. Anyway, you go. There's a new study out. Uh huh. Says there are more harmful germs in men's beards <laughs> than in dog fur. <laughs> the, the researchers found a significantly higher bacterial I load this. in specimens oh, taken God. from the men's beards compared with the oh, dog's geez. fur. <laughs> On the basis of these findings, dogs can be considered as clean compared to bearded men. I knew it. I knew well, it. We've That's always why... known that hair is a breeding ground. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, come on. Know. You know, okay, all of you at home who are married to men with beards, I just say get one of those. Uh, you know, get some of that. What does that hand sanitizer? Rub it all Sick. <laughs> Purell, get some Purell. So that, hey, could Purell sponsor us? There's no reason why I they couldn't. I think this is a good opportunity. <laughs> Purell, we are now pushing your product for all the bearded men out there. I, I, I mean, nothing surprises me. I, I know that if we were to look at any part of our bodies, you know, they talk about our telephones being the most disgusting things um, that are in our purses or on our person is our phones. Um Yes, the front of our phones. Cause you- Just, it's it's absolutely disgusting. I, I, I think if we were, like I once Googled uh, bacteria, and uh, this was a couple of years ago, because my friend and I had been having a conversation similar to this, not about beards, but about, um, I had an argument with a friend of mine that says, no, you can't, I don't wash my hands all the time because, you know, you kill all the good bacteria. And I'm like, well, what? I, whatever. <laughs> We're going to disagree on this because I wash my hands 10 times a day. I'm yeah, sorry. You're a clean anyway, I looked at these pictures, Arlene, and they look like something out of a horror movie of what these things look like. Um, on the phone? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I challenge you now to go look up any kind of bacterial and just hit images on your on your whatever you're using to search and get no, these don't mag- do get it. magnified pictures. Don't do so it. I can't imagine what's in a beard crawling around. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of beards and they've really come into fashion. Beards and man buns. Like beards and these I like man buns. Adam, Adam, our producer, like if you had really long, gleamy hair, would you man bun it? He's he's shaking his he's head. He's got a beard though. Yeah. For those of you but it's who short. this is But okay, but okay. You know what? I uh yeah. I was But what about <laughs> a complete <laughs> Oh, I, I got a complete segue here. Cause okay. Like, okay. Here's what just went through my mind. Literally. Okay. I'm thinking. Yeah. I was the. You know. My. Um. My first husband had a beard, right? Um. 
Okay. And then I and then I jumped in my mind to finding out the other day that remember I told you the second husband I don't know why I'm who laughing. left me and you know like for somebody else and you know was it a younger woman at least it, it was a younger woman and it was somebody. and did he work with her yes so for remember God I told you all this sakes. but but I just found out that he's no longer with her and, and they got married and now he's with somebody else so I just think you know what life is a funny way of you never know what's going to happen you never know what's in a beard and you never know who you're going to marry and I don't know where so all of that say- came from so are you saying- none of this is connected are you are you glad that the woman that he left you for that she got dumped too? Do you think he dumped her? Oh, or do you think she I dumped him? Oh no, I'm not. I actually do not have that type of thought okay. in my head. Like you know what I I'm I feel, if anything, I would feel sad that you know what happened that actually ruined a bunch of lives. Actually, now has gone on to ruin even more. So no, I I, I don't feel that way. I don't have that kind of emotion for him at all. In fact, like at all, you're very indifferent. I'm indifferent to it. But I I feel I do feel you know if I had to have empathy for anybody, it would be for her, not him. <laughs> well, this is a very good segue. Uh, you know, you're talking about surveys, you know, according to another survey, and people have heard of Ashley Madison, and it's basically, that's the website that sets married people up to have basically affairs. Anyway, according to uh, the Ashley Madison website, even people, and I don't get this, in happy marriages, cheat. So they're they're coming on this site, they're explaining, no, I have a really good marriage, but I just want to have a sexual encounter outside of this framework. And I'm like, but who, I I just don't know. Like, is it consent? I'll tell oh, you what. Oh. If one per, if both people don't know about it, it's not right. I, I'm fine if you have an agreement with your partner, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. If you if you have an agreement between the two of you of what the rules of the road are. I am open to whatever works for a person, but you know, basically what this site this this whole study has said it's happy happily married people that are doing this without the knowledge of their partners. Okay, but hold I just want to I want a caveat here okay. on this. The survey was conducted by Ashley Madison, a site that is for cheaters. So I think anybody who's filling out that survey is a cheater to begin with, or they wouldn't be on the site. So they're going to have... So what constitutes happy marriage? There's my question. Well, not people that are on Ashley Madison. But, but, okay, so how would you say people who are in happy marriages, even people who are in happy marriages cheat? That's according to this survey, Jan, but the survey is not to be, I I would say the survey is already tainted by virtue of who they were asking. I have had conversations with friends that have been married for a long time, you know, and this is when you're with your girlfriends and people are having a glass of wine and stuff. And, you know, those, the thing about scruples, it always happens around 12 o'clock when, you know, too much wine has been imbibed or whatever. And it's just like... You know, those questions arise. If you could have an affair with somebody, like your wish list, and get away with it, would you do it? And, you know, the answer is always, yeah, I, I think I would. And I'm always surprised at my own friends when I'm looking at them going, what are you talking about? Yeah, but they're never going to find out. I'm like, yeah, but you're going to know. You will find out. You know what's going on. I have never been a cheater. In, in my, I have never done it. I have never done a one-off. And, you know, I've had people that say, oh, but you had like an overlap. And I'm like, no, I've not, I don't think I've even done an overlap. I think I've been, I might not have had a huge gap of time in between relationships, but I've never cheated. I never have. Yeah. No, that you should be proud of that. I have. And have you? I have, yeah. Oh, I want to hear all the details. Um, 
not proud of it at all. It's something. What happened? It, it, well, everything. You, every, <laughs> well, <laughs> after the show, I will tell yeah. you more. Um, we, you know what? I, I did. I was in a um, unhappy marriage, and I turned to an affair as a way to, you know, alleviate or calm or somehow erase what was going on in my day to day life. And I think it's very cowardly. And I was a coward. I was afraid of the consequences of admitting that this marriage wasn't working and what might happen as a result of admitting it. And I chose to have an affair, which I think is very cowardly of me to have done. So I think a lot about that a lot. And I don't know if it's cowardly. It, yeah, it is because the, the, bra- the, no, the brave thing to do is address the issues in your marriage and leave. That's the brave thing to do. Address the issues and fix it or address the issues and leave. The brave thing to do is not address not address the issues and have an affair in order to make yourself feel better, meanwhile fooling and 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 lying to somebody else. I I, I think it's it's such a slippery slope, Jan. For okay. you personally, you're never gonna you're always gonna have that guilt. You're always gonna feel horrible. You're always gonna be worried about being caught. And while there's a heightened sense of excitement to that, there's a horrible consequence to that if you do get caught. So I I feel I mean I I admit that I've had one. I regret that I had one. And I believe it. It was a cowardly thing for me to have done. Can I ask a question for a friend? <laughs> Asking, Asking for a friend. Yeah. yeah. Ask for a friend. So, in your opinion, I'm single. Yep. Now, if I have had, an a, you're sleeping uh, with somebody who's married. Yes. yes. Uh, you're asking for a friend. Yeah. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Is that what is that? That's uh, cheating. That's cheating yeah. on my part. Yeah, on both of your parts. Okay. That's cheating. You want to take back your earlier answer? <laughs> or your friend's answer? Well, no, I was. Uh, I, I, I caught myself midway through because going, you know, yeah. If you, as a single person, I feel like I am free to do what I want to do. But, yeah, that just kind of caught. I just sort of thought, had that thought in my head. You are. Because, Involved with somebody who's not single. Yeah. It's still an, so I am having an affair? You're cheating. I'm cheating. Yeah. I mean, you're not cheating on anyone. Well, actually, I'll tell you. You're cheating on that. I will tell my friend that. You're cheating on that other person's spouse because they, they have a relationship. They have a commitment. And you're the person, you're the other woman that, you know, has somehow intruded herself into their life and their marriage. And so I do think it's it's its, its own form of cheating. It, it creates the opportunity for that person to continue to do something they shouldn't be doing. You're their reason. Here's the or whole, your friend. Here's your, a question that comes up a lot with, with my friends when we're sitting around chatting too. And, and uh, most of my friends are married. I will say at, the, at my age now, most of my friends are married. They have kids. A lot of my friends are on a second marriage. Uh, a couple of my friends are on a third marriage. Uh, you know, a few of them are. And I'm like, okay, that's all great. I always say, why do you always have to get married? Why, why are you guys getting married every time? Just Just live together and your stuff is your stuff and your stuff is... Anyway, what comes up all the time is they don't feel, the majority of my friends don't feel that human beings are geared to be monogamous, that that is not a natural state for people to be in, that, that it's not uh, practical. How it's, convenient. Okay. That's that's kind of my thoughts, but I mean, <laughs> I've... Yes, you, well, then, if, then why do we why do we mate to have children? Why why is what's procreation about if it's not about monogamy? I mean, if it's only simply like are we are we are we driving hostels and are we creating like um, you know like are we at the end of our time already? 
I wanted to talk to you about so many things today, and this is interesting to me. We should we should continue talking I, I about really this. I really want to continue talking about it because I'm just saying, I mean, my you know, a lot of my friends are now like mid-40s to, to mid-60s. I have a real variety of friends and ages, and I love that. I have a very good friend who's 86. Hi, hi Marianne. But anyway, we will get back to this because I want to, you know, I'm sitting there with friends that I've known, some of them 30 years, and they're talking about... Human beings not being geared towards monogamy. They do believe in that unit, that family unit that you're kind of alluding to, you know, having kids, having that solidarity, having your group of people. Um, But having things outside of that that enable you to stay within that construct and that narrative. So that's interesting, and we will pick that up. I, that's something we'll def- we'll pick up next week. Well, we had, like, from politics I to beards to cheating the- to... Yeah, it's a business of life, right? La, 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 la. Talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. La, la, la.